And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking. Um, I'm laughing because I was going to make a cheesy joke about not remembering how to turn this thing on out of the bye week and getting back to work. And um, I came out and I, I blew the first line and I'm sitting in the room by myself, but I crack myself up all the time if you're not new here. You know that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Thanks for playing along. Um, the season's alive, right? The Browns have been a hell of a violent roller coaster. Um, there's been too much drama, and they're in fourth place. Uh, we record this Thursday morning before the Steelers play in Minnesota. But they're alive because they're two games out in the division. They're alive because the AFC as a whole is a train wreck, the AFC North um, in general. And the reason I'm picking the Browns to win this week is not some belief that the Browns can get everything fixed um, by five days of healing and a little tinkering with the offense. It's a belief that the Ravens are just reeling. They're just out of guys. They had 15 guys on IR before they lost Marlon Humphrey, who's a phenomenal talent. Um, they can't run the ball. They have awful old scrap heap running backs. And that in that offense in particular, it limits them because it, it just – Lamar takes too many shots. Lamar tries to do too much. And to me, and obviously I'm not around the Ravens every day. I don't watch every play of their games. I see them a lot. Um You can live with Lamar throwing two interceptions in a game uh, because he freelances, because he puts such tremendous pressure on defenses, because he makes you cover longer and in ways you don't have to. But when it's four interceptions and and when it's he's constantly getting beat up and when he's trying to do too much, um, you know, he struggles and they're struggling. They they're they're tired. They're they're their defense personnel wise is not what it's been at times over the last Um, six or eight years, but certainly over the last 20. That's before the injuries. Humphrey's a phenomenal talent, as as I mentioned. They're playing a lot of young guys. Uh, And then offensively, they're trying to make it work. And I just think they're right. Their offensive tackles are really bad. And the Browns' defensive ends are really good. We saw a great Browns' defensive effort last time out go to waste because the offense flatlined again. And and this time, I just think the offense will be uh, fresher, in, in legs, fresher in look, uh, in ways that can attack the um, the Ravens. Um, and I just think a little bit better execution on both sides, the energy, the the life they've been given by, by the way things broke last week. I think the Browns win the game. I don't expect it to be easy, but I think the Browns win the game. I think they get to seven and six. And then what they can do with whatever momentum they create, whatever they may or may not uncover offensively, um, whatever improved health and rest means for the quarterback, for the receivers. You know, I, I think in the last game, I mean, let's just sum it up here to, with two things. One, that was the best game in weeks that Jarvis and Baker had played, right? 
the results were just eh. But I think that clearly both were, were better than they'd been, both been healthier. That should be accelerated by the extra week off, you know, by a little bit of confidence from that. The other thing I think was clear was when they got the ball in the fourth quarter, nobody believed that they were going to go score. And so, you know, I don't know that you're going to beat the Ravens by 13. I think you can. You're probably going to have to win it in the fourth quarter. That's kind of the final frontier. That's kind of one of the things now that they they have to get over uh, the hump that they have to do it. They have to execute and believe. And you better be up more than three because Justin Tucker, um, even in Cleveland in December, and the weather's supposed to be good. The weather's supposed to be tropical by Cleveland in December standards. Um, Justin Tucker will make you pay, you know, if you don't. So, you know, we know what's at stake. Uh, Personnel-wise, the Browns are down tight ends. Now, again, Njoku could come off the COVID list at any time. We don't know that he will. Um, the Browns are a 13-personnel type team, and if you're one of, like, the three remaining people that doesn't try to make yourself smart by talking about uh, in personnel terms um, these days, 13 means one and three. It means one running back, three tight ends. Um, on the year, the Browns have run 13 on 158 plays. Across the whole league, the next closest is 67. Right, you know they use those tight ends. That's the base of Stefanski's offense. They're all pretty decent blockers. They're all big targets. They're all mildly athletic. Not one of them is dynamic. No joke, who's dynamic, but he's just inconsistent as hell. Um, and, and frankly, we've seen when the Browns go empty, they've been clearing things out for Harrison Bryant to get a positive matchup. That says a lot about the state of the pass game too. But he catches those passes, and he made a big. I, th- I think the play he got hurt on was a forty-some yarder. Um, in Baltimore on Sunday night. So you lose him to the high ankle spring. He's out for at least a week. He might still go on IR by the end of the week. We'll see. Um, and, and obviously that's a loss. But you take a three tight end offense, and now you're down to, um, you know, Austin Hooper, Miller Forrestall, an undrafted rookie, off the practice squad, been here a couple of months. And then a guy named Ross Travis, who's been in the league forever, was cut by Arizona early in the year, big blocking tight end. You bring him on the practice squad and bring him in in case you're going to need him. So I think the Browns are going to play James Hudson at right tackle. I don't know that. Obviously, Hans has been struggling mightily. Um, I think they're going to use Michael Dunn as an extra tight end and run the ball. Extra offensive lineman power up. Here we come. Come and, come and stop it. Um, whether or not they could or should have done more of that in the first Baltimore game, you know, it's that's in the past now. But um, you might see Hans play extra tackle. Who knows what you're going to see? You, you just need to see it all and, and see, um, you know, what the Browns can do. I think a healthier Kareem Hunt will obviously be a weapon. I mean, we know that the Browns hum when, Chunt, when <laughs> Chunt, <laughs> Chubb and Hunt um, are both on top of their games. And, you know, they need to find a way to do it. And if that's just – if that's new plays, new formations, if that's just sticking with it, um, you know, that screen pass Baker drops the ball last time. It's going to go for a big gainer. So just need to get those guys involved and get it going. And if you can get to 17 or 20 points, you can win the game. Shouldn't be that big of an ask. We all know the circumstances. We all know what's at stake. So I did a written mailbag, hashtag asking Jackson on Twitter all, um, anytime in the comment sections, which I'm almost always in. Um, ask your questions. So the, the written mailbag, I got to as many as I could. I said I wanted to save some. You know, for the podcast here, um, you know, some of the bigger picture questions as I'm looking here about Baker and all of that. Let's see. And, and this is the one point I wanted to make here before we get on to some other things. Um, one game does not make a season. One game does not make an evaluation 
of Baker Mayfield, of the receiving core, of the right tackles, of Denzel Ward, of JOK, of Malik Jackson, of anyone, right? But the situation the Browns have put them in here is that they have to win this game. And how I look at it and you look at it, and frankly, to lesser extent, but this is real, how Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta all involved look at some of these players and some of these things is going to be significantly altered by what happens on Sunday afternoon. If the Browns win, they get more big games ahead. They get perhaps positive vibes and momentum, as I already mentioned, and they get a chance to evaluate guys, all the guys, further in big games the rest of the way. If they lose, they have to face the reality of a game they should have won. They didn't. The season is over as far as making the playoffs with four games left. And the offense will have just completely – the wheels have come off since mid-October. And, again, that that's the case anyway unless they – you know, score 45 points here in each of these last five games, but it's going to lead to some hard evaluations and decisions. And so this is just um, the reality of it. And and we'll see how it goes. So um, question from Andy. I have a hard time believing Stefanski really thinks Baker has been the best option. Who do you think has been pushing his starts? Am I thinking too highly of the coach? No, you're, you're, you're flat wrong. Stefanski is in charge of that decision. And Stefanski keeps telling us, and showing us that he thinks Baker is the best option. So, does he next year, if his job's on the line, want to play Baker Mayfield? I don't know. Does he? Does the look on his face on the sidelines sometimes indicate that he's trying to tell someone that he can't really win with this guy? Sure. But he has made the choice and constantly doubled down on Baker, injured or not, being their best option, trying to win games. So, we will see how that goes. Again, comes down to Sunday, one game. How do we evaluate it beyond that? How do we evaluate it within that? How do we evaluate all the circumstances? I don't know. Baker Mayfield is guaranteed $19 million from the Browns next year. The options are not real good. Um, Baker Mayfield's probably going to be the quarterback. It's in everybody's best interest for Baker Mayfield to play well. This Sunday, the following Saturdays and Mondays and whenever they are, to get healthy and go. It's in the Browns' best interest to um, – Explore op- options, but know that, that they need they need Baker for right now and probably for next year too. So, again, you can question Stefanski um, on how he's handled all of this, every layer of it, game prep, in-game adjustments, picking the right guy. But you cannot sit here and say you, you hard, have a hard time believing that Kevin Stefanski really thinks Baker's been the best option because he continues to tell you that right now he's the best option right now. For sure. Question from Chris in Lakewood. Other than making the playoffs, what does a successful end of the season look like? Chris, I don't know that the wheels will come off if they don't win this week or don't win the next week. Um, It's not a successful season if you didn't make the playoffs. You built this roster to make the playoffs. You made the playoffs last year. You got rid last year of all of those terrible streaks and burdens. Everything from Ben Roethlisberger being the winningest quarterback in your own fucking stadium um, you know, to all the years and decades of playoff drought and not finishing this and all of that. And you've come back this year, and if you don't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment. So um, we, we will just see how that goes. And, again, it comes down to, you know, never one play, never one game, never one circumstance. But how we view everything will change each Monday or each Sunday uh, the rest of the way. Question from Barney. Is Joe Woods truly on the hot seat, or is that simply an outcry? Outcry of frustration from fans looking for a scapegoat. I think the answer is probably a little bit of both. I think after the last two defensive performances, no one's really talking about Joe Woods being on the hot seat. 
I think in the season, it's always been an external discussion and not internally. I think the Browns did a good job of giving Joe Woods better pieces this year. I think there's some puzzlingly bad performances like New England. I think there's some outstanding performances like Minnesota, like Detroit, like last week or last game out two weeks ago when they didn't win. Um, One of the next steps of this operation is evaluating your own guys. And Kevin Stefanski obviously going from the hero and the coach of the year to having to make some some tough choices. I don't think right now that – that he'll fire Joe Woods, but we'll see. And, and all of these things are difficult, and they're part of getting to the next step. Um, question from Rover Joyce. How many of the tight ends and wide receivers will be back next year? Bryant, DPJ, and Schwartz are the only certainties. You're right. Um, Jarvis's cap number is $16.5 million. Jarvis turned 29 a couple of weeks ago. Jarvis is clearly injured. Um, Richard Higgins, maybe he's finally on his way out the door. You know, every time he hits free agency, nobody else wants him. Um, there's still a Rashard Higgins fan club out there. Clearly, Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski are not in it. We'll see. Um, maybe Jamarcus Bradley is going to be here. You know, Hooper's money is not guaranteed, but his cap number is $11 million. $11 million to block. Um, the Joku is a free agent, and what do you do there? These are complicated things we're going to get to. And, again, it comes down to let's see how we view these things on Monday. Let's see how we view these things the following Sunday. Um, last one before we get out of here. And we're not getting out of here. Um, I'm going to bring on Joe Varden. I'm going to explain in a minute. Uh, it's from Roach19811. You have consistently made note of the equity Stefanski and Barry have earned. Has that equity lost value in your opinion? Also, how does one year change everything so much as far as organization and preparedness are concerned? Yeah, um, Roach, maybe I was a little premature in judging how much equity they've earned. Maybe not. Because even if it seems desperate and it seems presumptuous to celebrate one year um, and one playoff win, it did mark change. And I do think internally the ownership, the GM, the chief strategy officer, the head coach, they know to, to actually get where they want to go. And it is going to take patience. It is going to take tinkering. You can be disappointed in this year and still optimistic if you trust Barry and Stefanski that this is year two of the program, that things are not always going to go smoothly. That if you truly are going to build a roster full of smart, tough, accountable guys, it's going to take time to know who those are. It's going to take time. You're not going to hit on every draft pick. You're not going to hit on every chance you take. You're not going to have things go your way on the injury front, um, on the parents and wives posting on Instagram front. There's some embarrassing shit that's going on with the Browns. There's some shit that's just part of an NFL season, the ups and downs. It's, it's very hard to win. So do, do I think they've earned the equity? Do I think that they can be part of the long-term answer? Absolutely. How is it disappointing that a team that was always so sharp, so prepared, um, so ready last year is is flat offensively, is not scoring past these the first drive, is uh, disappointing in the penalty department, same stuff over and over again, sure. So um, we will see how that goes. All right, guys, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here. I'm going to bring in Joe Varden, um, my colleague at The Athletic. He's a senior NBA writer, but he's based in Cleveland, and part of his background is covering the Ohio governor, the Ohio legislature. And he has some insight. He's written about this, and he's stayed on top of it. Um, sports betting bills have passed. They're awaiting final documents. We're going to get an update from Joe Varden on that. We're going to get insight into the process and some wins and some ifs and some uh, maybe some definites on it. So, so let me press the right buttons and uh, and dial up Joe. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, as promised, we have my colleague Joe Varden on the line. He's not in Ohio right now because he's out covering the NBA, but he's based in Ohio, as I mentioned, um, has covered this governor, this legislature, and has written about, I mean, Joe, was it a year or so ago, or was it less than that that you wrote the latest uh, the latest before this, this last week or so on Ohio's sports betting bills? So uh, thanks for having me on. It's, this is a topic that I enjoy talking about, um, almost like a, like a side gig. And I've done, I've done two stories about basically the proliferation of sports betting across the United States. One was almost two years ago, and it was uh, sort of pulled back the, the veil on how professional sports leagues were teaming together to apply political pressure all across the United States to get these to get sports betting legalized. Um, and it wasn't working very well. And uh, so what they uh, well, let me let me back up. It, the, the bills were passing, but they were not passing to the leagues like they're trying to make money off of this. Sure. So, so they figured out a way to do it, which was to to push these lawmakers to force um, the sports books to pay the leagues for their uh, for the information upon which the bet the bets are based. Um, it's called official league data. It's a it's a really quirky insider thing, um, but the leagues basically figured it out. Uh, and then time went on, and the teams within these individual leagues realized how much money they could be making if they could get a piece, if they could get um, their hands on, you know, the ability to run sports books. And that was the latest story. That was within the last year, I found that rather than the leagues going from state capital to state capital to apply pressure, it was now the individual teams doing this. So like the Browns and the Guardians and the Reds and the Blue Jackets um, sort of all banding together so that they would be allowed to not only offer sports betting at the ballpark or the arena, but would have the ability to, uh, to, to, put, to run betting through an app, um, which they would, of course, promote inside of their venue and would try to drive uh, real-time uh, prop bet betting, uh, prop, prop bet gambling, if you will. Um, and that, that is what this bill does. It, it uh, passed the Ohio legislature on Wednesday, and now all of, the, uh, of Ohio's professional sports teams, as well as the PGA, NASCAR, and I want to say there's one other one, something in Akron. 
Uh, oh no, yeah, the PGA Tour and NASCAR, and then the Mid Ohio Speedway um, can all do this. Okay, so it, it the understanding is we record this on Thursday. On Wednesday, it passed both both places. It's just not finalized, right? Um, roll out tentatively into 2022. Like, what wh- are we talking timing wise here? Well, yeah. So, so there is, um, th- there is a, how the sausage get, gets made discussion. And then there is the uh, just sort of the, the rules and, and realities of how any bill be, not only becomes a law, but then is, um, you know, turns into a revenue generating uh, function of the state. Uh, to answer your question, uh, the bill goes, uh, it's been approved by both houses of the legislature, and now it goes to Governor Mike DeWine's desk. He basically has 10 days to sign it, veto it, or let it sit. Uh, and if he lets it sit, it, it becomes law. Um, he's going to sign this thing. Uh, he, the, when, when the House and Senate get together to, in what's called a conference committee, to kind of work out the differences in the the versions of the law that are in each side um somebody from the governor's office somebody high ranking usually multiple people from the governor's office are in the room Mm -hmm. and they are telling both sides like what is okay and what what isn't what he would sign what he wouldn't so the governor's going to sign this and so then it becomes law now um we're talking about maybe a year before this is actually up and running um the the state will begin issuing licenses to basically offer these bets in april but it's going to take a lot longer than that they think to set up the infrastructure the rules that have to be written that are not in law at the time um you know all those things have to take place so while this is exciting i do not believe you are going to be able to go to say uh, rocket mortgage Fieldhouse in february and place a bet on the super bowl i just i don't think that's happening Okay, so along those lines and just in general, here's the question I get, Joe, on Twitter and in the comments section at the grocery store or whatever. What the hell took so long or what the hell is taking so long? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, well, so, the, okay. So there was a time when um, this was, re- when gambling, I mean, it's so hard to even imagine this now because it's everywhere. But as, as, as early as, or as late as 2018, um, gambling was still a problem among conservative lawmakers and was still looked upon with like as almost a quasi taboo, um, y- you know, topic within sports. And um, so, you know, you look at in 2018 when West Virginia became the, the, the first uh, not like outside of, um, you know, Jersey and, and Nevada to do this, um, you know, it was it was an uphill fight. And so you know, that's one reason is that Ohio, uh, both chambers are controlled by Republicans, and this was just going to take a a minute. Um, And then when the bill did come up uh, in 2018, and and all throughout that year, um, you you know, they couldn't, there were a number of, of issues politically going on that were all a part of the same bill. So there were some things going on related to like energy companies that had nothing to do with gambling that was all part of the same bill. And so it got held up that way. Um, there was disagreement over uh, things like who should run sports betting in Ohio, whether it should be the lottery commission um, or the casino mm-hmm. control commission. 
And, you know, so, so there's just a number of issues. And then there's like what to do with what the teams wanted as far as should officially data be a thing? Should teams be able to get a, a slice of the betting pie, which they, they can now, but that took a long time. So, you know, uh, the, the, the United States Supreme Court didn't even rule that sports betting was okay in the U.S. Uh, until 2018. And then, you know, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, um, it can take years to get something like this done. Right. So I think, Joe, going back, you know, I think there was a thought that um, restaurants and bars, would obviously the horse tracks and the casinos maybe, but restaurants and bars would get that. But I think the reality is that people bet online, right? I mean, I, I know yeah. people that drive to Sharon, PA and drive to Fort Wayne, Indiana to, to put in their bets, um, yep. you know, legally. So are there going to be layers to that too? Is it going to open in stadiums maybe or casinos or horse tracks first and then online? Or is this all going to come out in Ohio at once? Well, that's a great question. And it's not, I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't know the answer and I'm not sure that, that that's something that's in the law. That, that could be something that comes out through uh, the rule writing process. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but to your broader point, everybody's going to be able to do this. Um, there's something, there are basically three classes of license of licenses, uh, an A, B, and C. And, um, you know, the, the A's are for, for, for online betting, the B are for brick and mortar locations like casinos and racinos and stadiums. But then there is a third class, uh, which is basically, for anywhere that has like a, a liquor permit. So basically any bar or restaurant can be eligible to do this. It, um, you know, we're talking, you know, a massive amount uh, of, of potential licenses there. And so you really will be able to place a sports bet almost anywhere, almost anywhere you go. And the casinos and the sports teams are not thrilled about this. They, it's kind of been watered down to the point where, you know, where they were looking forward to, to taking action on something that didn't used to exist. Now it's going to exist everywhere. Right. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, so that, that leads me to one of my last questions. One of the first things you mentioned is, you know, the teams wanting their cut or the teams wanting in on the action, right? Yeah. Um, I remember back in the spring, maybe, uh, Maryland passed their bill and say it became effective at 8 a.m. Tuesday. Well, at 8.07, I had an email. The Ravens partner with BetMGM. <laughs> like, yes, yes. It's been, but then I was in Maryland two weeks ago, and online betting is not up and running. So what kind of percentage are the teams looking at? And like, how heavily do you think the Guardians, the Cavs, the Browns will be involved with, um, with the whole process? So th this is uh... – your listener is going to hear this and say, what? Um, but but th there's kind of a, um, a loophole or a unique arrangement here where um, the team partners with a sports book, which is precisely like what you just said, like yes, the Ravens. We, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they partner with the book 
so they can claim that we have nothing to do with the bet taking itself. Like we don't, we don't offer the bets. We don't take the money. The, the, the gambling is run entirely by the sports book. We get to uh, partner with that sports book because we get the license. So the state will issue, let's say the Browns, they're, they're betting the, the, the license to run this app. And then the Browns will partner with, uh, you know, the gambling company X and then gambling company X entirely operates the betting, the, the betting operation and pays uh, the Browns for the relationship. Um, the, you know, the, there, there are other ways that the Browns make money off this, um, you know, probably by like putting up some kind of restaurant in the stadium where the betting would be taking place, that kind of thing. Um, in the brick and mortar capacity, but, but that's, that's really how it works. And you just kind of have to ask yourself, like, if, is, if that is enough separation of, from the sports team, from, you know, what, the ethical consideration of, of taking bets on the games that it's playing lawmakers across the country say that it is. Um, and the sports teams, you know, who used to fight tooth and nail against sports betting uh, for the same reason are now obviously pushing for it. So I guess we're all just supposed to throw up our hands and say this is okay. Um, but that literally is the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it, I think it gets a little murky. Yeah, no, it, it sure does. And like I said, I just, I can't imagine the brick and mortar being too much of it. Right. I, I understand the thought of it there, but I mean, it's about to be 2022. Like people live on their phones and people bet on their apps on their phones. So um, I, I, that's why I wanted to ask you about that because I, just in glancing through some of this stuff, it seemed like Ohio was going to open without the online um, element of it before. But but you really think that that's still kind of something that's that's not decided? Oh, I, I mean, I would be stunned by that now. I mean, especially because the online version, the online license is is the class A. Like that's that's the big one. Um, there are only twenty five of those okay. uh, up for grabs. So, you know, that has been done though. They're, they're like, that was, um, they do stagger these things about who can open and when and what kind of bets you can take. Uh, Illinois is an example of that. So um, I'm not saying that that's impossible, but I would just, I, I, I would suspect that you'll be able to do this all roughly at the same time. That, that would be my guess. Okay. And then last thing, I think Illinois, and I know at least when Illinois opened, you couldn't bet on the University of Illinois. Um, when West Virginia opened, it was actually run through something in New Jersey and you couldn't bet on Princeton or Seton Hall or Rutgers. Do you anticipate any type of restrictions um, within Ohio um, or is that part already been smoothed over? Yeah. Good news there on that front. If you're somebody who wants to bet on colleges because you can't in Ohio. Um, I'm told my sources say that colleges were in on this the entire time in the state, always pushing for it, uh, which is interesting just because, um, as you mentioned, Zach, there are states where uh, colleges are out uh, of the bill and, and you can't place a bet uh, on the universities. But yeah, um, you want to next fall, hopefully this is up and running and, and you want to place a bet on, on Ohio State Notre Dame in September. Um you know, you'd be able to do it. You know, it's just going to be a matter of if we have uh, sports betting up and running by then. Okay. And then the last thing, this isn't really legislative. This is just in your face. Uh, a year ago, Joe, I drove to Nashville for the Browns game and Tennessee mm -hmm. is legal. Kentucky is not right. Yep. Um, when you got 30 miles from the Tennessee border 
every billboard was for an online betting company. Every radio sure. commercial was for an online betting company in downtown Nashville. Every billboard and banner within a vicinity of the stadium was for an online betting company. You probably see some of these things in all of your NBA travels. So are we yeah. expect, should the Ohio consumer expect that um, stiff competition and just bombardment from these companies uh, when it opens up? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be to a degree you can't even imagine. I mean, first of all, uh, Ohio is a state that already has a large casino and racino um, uh, presence. And so these companies have been in the state for decades and they're going to want to, you know, explode their, their, uh, their advertising. And then like, as we've pointed out, the teams are going to all be partners with this and the, and uh, the sports betting companies are already sponsors of these leagues and these teams. Um, And so now that it's going to be legal to do it, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and at, you know, Nationwide Arena, like, oh my goodness, it's going to be everywhere. I mean, it's, it's going to, it's absolutely going to change the average fan's experience, either whether you want to place a bet or not, it's just, it's going to be the thing that you hear about uh, and see, just like you said. Okay. My high school survivor pool going to be legal or no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be in the next version of the bill. Yeah. You know, when they iron out all the kinks. And do you want in is my next question. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm taking Talmadge all the way. <laughs> all right. He's Joe Varden, uh, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. Thanks for listening, guys. It'll be Jason and I again um, Sunday night slash Monday morning uh, with the postgame wrap-up of a really big one, Browns and Ravens. So thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Subscribe if you haven't. And uh, we laid it all out there. You have your update on sports betting coming sometime in 2022, but still TVD. And Sunday at 1 o'clock, a really big game at First Energy Stadium. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.